Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Thank God that we are able to be together in prayer this morning. Thank you for being here. This is Tuesday, and we're in the second week of the Easter season. Easter is not just one day, but a season made up of a week of weeks. This week, we begin our reading of the Acts of the Apostles, and we will learn what the Apostles did, filled with and led by the Holy Spirit, in those days after Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father. As we make our way through the amazing first decades of the Church, please feel free to send me an email with any stories, insights, or questions that you might have as we make our way through each week. You can send them to me at pastorjim2006 at icloud.com. And now, we begin our time of prayer together in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, O God, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Praise to the blessed and holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God who gives life, salvation, and resurrection. Alleluia. The Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from Acts, chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had finally arrived, they were all together in the same place. Suddenly there came from heaven a noise like the sound of a strong blowing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then tongues, seemingly made of fire, appeared to them, moving apart and coming to rest on each of them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them words to say. There were devout Jews from every nation under heaven stayed in Jerusalem at that time. When they heard this noise, they came together in a crowd. They were deeply puzzled because every single one of them could hear them speaking in his or her own native language. They were astonished and amazed. These men who are doing the speaking are all Galileans, aren't they, they said? So how is it that each of us can hear them in our own mother tongues? There are Parthians here, and Medians, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, 
Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya that belong to Cyrene. There are people from Rome, proselytes, as well as Jews. There are Cretans and Arabs. We can hear them telling us about the powerful things God has done in our own languages. Everyone was astonished and perplexed. What does it all mean, they were asking each other. But some sneered. They're full of new wine, they said. Then Peter got up with the eleven. He spoke to them in a loud voice. People of Judea, he began. All of you are staying here in Jerusalem. There's something you have to know. Listen to what I'm saying. These people aren't drunk, as you imagine. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what the prophet Joel was talking about when he said, In the last days, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will seem visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Yes, even on slaves, men and women alike, will I pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And I will give signs in the heaven above and portents on the earth beneath, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and glorious day. And then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You, people of Israel, Peter continued, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man marked out for you by God through the mighty works, sign, and portents which God performed through him right here among you, as you all know. He was handed over in accordance with God's determined purpose and foreknowledge, and you used people outside the law to nail him up and kill him. But God raised him from the dead. Death had its painful grip on him, but God released him from it, because it wasn't possible for him to be mastered by it. This, you see, is how David speaks of him. I set the Lord before me always, because he is at my right hand. I won't be shaken. So my heart was happy, and my tongue rejoiced, and my flesh, too, will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You showed me the path of life. You filled me with gladness in your presence. My dear family, I can speak freely to you about the patriarch David. He died and was buried, and his tomb is here with us to this day. He was, of course, a prophet, and he knew that God had sworn an oath to him to set one of his own physical offspring on his throne. He foresaw the Messiah's resurrection and spoke about him not being left in Hades and about his flesh not seeing corruption. This is the Jesus we're talking about. God raised him from the dead, and all of us here are witnesses to the fact. Now he's been exalted to God's right hand, and what you see and hear is a result of the fact that he is pouring out the Holy Spirit, which had been promised, which he has received from the Father. David, after all, did not ascend into the heavens, This is what he says. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I place your enemies underneath your feet. So the whole house of Israel must know this for a fact. God has made him Lord and Messiah, this Jesus, the one you crucified. When they heard this, the people in the crowd were cut to the heart. Brothers, they said to Peter and the other apostles, What shall we do? 
Turn back, replied Peter. Be baptized, every single one of you, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, so that your sins can be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for everyone who is far away, as many as the Lord our God will call. He carried on explaining things to them with many other words. Let God rescue you, he was urging them, from this wicked generation. Those who welcomed his word were baptized. About 3,000 people were added to the community that day. They all gave full attention to the teaching of the apostles and to the common life, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Great awe fell on everyone, and as many remarkable deeds and signs were performed by the apostles. All of those who believed came together and held everything in common. They sold their possessions and belongings and divided them up to everyone in proportion to their various needs. Day by day, they were all together, attending the temple. They broke bread in their various houses and ate their food with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and standing in favor with all the people. And every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being rescued. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The story of the Holy Spirit blowing through that small room where the disciples were gathered, driving them out into the street, and literally inspiring them to tell the good news of Jesus in all the languages of the diaspora, is one of the most amazing and exciting stories we have of the early church. By the time Peter finishes with his sermon that day, the Holy Spirit has added 3,000 new disciples to the fellowship in the era of church decline like our own. We can be so impressed by these kind of numbers that we let the story get away from us, and we miss what is really happening here. So let's take a moment to notice some details in this story that might help us see it in a new light. When Peter stands up to address the crowd, to let them know that the disciples are not drunk this early morning, even if it is a, a harvest festival, but instead that they are filled with the Holy Spirit, he, he tells them that the sending of the Holy Spirit is actually a sign that the Messiah has indeed come and now sits enthroned at God's right hand. It's a way of saying that God has done what God had promised to do. God sent the Messiah, Jesus, and now that Jesus has been exalted, the Spirit has come to fill God's people with the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Again, just as God has promised. Later on in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul will talk about the revelation of the good news about Jesus as a gift of the Spirit. Paul will see this gift as being able to, to see revealed how God has pulled together all things in Jesus the Messiah. The ability to connect God's promises to the promise given to Abraham, to David, and the prophets, and to connect all of those to what God has done in the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus is what the Holy Spirit does. And that's exactly the gift the apostles have been given along with the power to proclaim this good news in the language of the nations. The Holy Spirit inspires and teaches the apostles how the pieces fit together to become the message of the gospel and the coming of God's kingdom 
and that becomes the bedrock of our faith. Now, if you're like me, from time to time, you can get into a funk that borders on despair over the decline of engagement and participation in Christ's church that we witness today. So when I see that here on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit added 3,000 people to the fellowship of the Jerusalem church, I am amazed, and I have to admit, a little envious. But the more I read this chapter, the more I'm convinced that the numbers are not what's important. It's actually who is being included in those numbers. That is, devout people of God who have come to Jerusalem from the many places that they were scattered as part of what turned out to be the ongoing exile of God's people. Centuries before Christ, since the the fall of the northern kingdom of Israel to the Assyrians and, and then the fall of Jerusalem to the Babylonians, for centuries then God had promised to once again gather God's people from all the ends of the earth where they had been scattered. And when they were gathered together, God promised to write a new covenant on their hearts and to fill each and every citizen of God's kingdom with the Holy Spirit so that they would know and abide and dwell in God and with God intimately. Peter stands up and announces that this is precisely the moment that has arrived. This community now gathered in Jesus' name and now filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of that promise, and it is made up now of God's redeemed people, gathered once again in faithfulness and peace and worship of their God from every nation under heaven. A little later in this book, we will find Paul in Athens telling the story of Jesus to people in the intellectual and spiritual heart of the ancient pagan world. The response there is, much different than the response this day in Jerusalem. The best response to Paul's message will be an invitation that he can come and speak again. Most of the people who hear the gospel simply laugh at the foolishness of proclaiming Jesus and his resurrection. Different results, glorifying God in different ways and for different purposes, but it's the same Holy Spirit inspiring both the witness of Peter and of Paul. What we will see in the story of the Acts as it unfolds is how this is a story where the Holy Spirit is actually the primary character. And I think that's still true of the church today. The drama of the day of Pentecost signals a great and pivotal moment in the story of God and God's people and all the people of the earth. It's important for us to learn and mark what God has done so that we too can bear witness to the great and wonderful things our God has done in this world, in loving, saving us, in gathering us together in Christ in the power of the Spirit, and to learn how to tell God's story in our own language. So where is it that you think the Spirit is leading us as God's people out into our neighborhood and community? And how do you think we could best communicate the good news to the people who live and work among us today. I suppose in the end, it is the Holy Spirit that we have received that will give us the words to speak, the right words at the right time. And when we're supposed to to speak them, well then, maybe our prayer should be, 
simply today. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Fill our hearts with your love, so that we might witness and proclaim the crucified and risen Lord. Amen. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, and you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially this morning, we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the sunshine that emerges after the rain. We thank you for the new creation in Christ in all the gifts of healing and forgiveness, especially the gift of your Holy Spirit, creating and sustaining faith within us. We thank you for the gift of relationship with others and for the communion of faith that we share in your church. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially this morning, we pray for those who govern the nations of this world, that they might lead their people with wisdom and mercy and grace. For the people in countries that are ravaged by strife and warfare, that they might know peace and the abundance of your creation and the gifts that you give. For all who are working for peace and international harmony, that their work would bear fruit for the benefit of all. And for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction. For the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. And for those today who are sick, who are caring for them, who are mourning, and who are indeed. For who else and what else do we pray? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. 
in all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people, love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. Amen.